Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Nine weeks into the season and the race to see who will appear in Super Bowl 57 is beginning to take shape. There were upsets last weekend with the Buffalo Bills and Green Bay Packers suffering huge upset defeats. Whilst contenders, the Philadelphia Eagles moved to 8-0 for the first time in franchise history and the Minnesota Vikings are creeping up on the rails as well with an impressive 7-1 record. For our part here at the show, we're hovering right around 500 at the midway point of the season with a 13-15 record against the line. Now this weekend, the National Football League heads to Germany. We'll see a first regular season game in NFL history played in Munich as the Buccaneers host the Seattle Seahawks. So without further ado, let's turn the page onto Week 10 in the National Football League. Graves on Gridiron. With Richard Graves. Hello, welcome along to the show. I am your host, Richard Graves. This is Graves on Gridiron. If you are new to the show, great to have you along for the ride. The format is very simple. Each week, we look at the slate of games on offer in the NFL. We look at the lines set by the odds makers against those games and then delve a little bit deeper before I explain my reasonings why I either agree with that line set or disagree. So we've got three more games from the Week 10 slate as we look ahead to what promises to be a history-making matchup in Munich at the Allianz Arena, the home of Bayern Munich, as the NFL plays a regular season game for the very first time in Germany. And it is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks, perhaps the surprise of the season so far, they lead the NFC West with a 6-3 and record against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, as you might expect, are leading the NFC South. But last weekend, they snapped a three-game losing streak with a pretty much buzzer-time win over the Los Angeles Rams. They didn't lead through 59 and a half minutes or more of that matchup, but Tom Brady rolled back the years to engineer a game-winning drive in the final 40 seconds or so of that matchup. No timeouts on the clock and found rookie tight end Cade Otten to win the game. The problem with all this, though, is that the Buccaneers still didn't really answer many of the questions that have cropped up time and time again this season, particularly on offense, where they're only averaging 18 points a game. They looked disjointed. They looked void of ideas. They cannot run the ball right now. That offensive line that was patched up right at the start of the season still doesn't look particularly cohesive, and they're struggling to mount any sort of offense that's sustainable in any game at the moment. As a result, their record is just four and five, which probably points to how bad the NFC South is, that that's enough for them to be leading that division um, right now. Make no mistake, it was a big win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last weekend. If they'd lost that, that would have been four um, straight defeats. And then they head to, to Munich on Sunday with no sort of momentum whatsoever. As it is, they head there with wind in their sails and the odds makers have them as the favourites going into this game. I think the line is set at two and a half points, um, which I find a little bit surprising, quite frankly, because I touched upon how the Seattle Seahawks are pretty much the surprise team of this season. Let me explain a little bit why. They traded in the offseason star quarterback Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. Geno Smith was given the starting Uh, quarterback position. And that prompted many um, observers to think, well, this is a rebuilding year for the Seahawks. Well, don't you believe it? They've unearthed a real gem in rookie running back uh, Kenneth Walker, who over the last uh, four or five weeks since week six leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns. He has seven to his name, I think, in that period with 520 rushing yards. Um, He's second 
uh, amongst running backs as well, certainly rookie running backs um, in that division. Uh, and you look at the Seahawks, six and three in a division that contains the Super Bowl champion LA Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, and they hold the outright lead in the division. It is hugely impressive. Since week six, a defense which was like a sieve to opponents has suddenly tightened up remarkably. They're only giving up around 16 and a half points a game in that period. And all of a sudden you have a team that suddenly feels like it's very much in the mold of head coach Pete Carroll. It's a run first offense that opens up the play action pass option for quarterback Geno Smith and wide receivers uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are making the most of that. You align it with this defense which, as we say, is much improved. And suddenly, there just begins to be feelings, shades of that team that was put together a decade or more ago now that ultimately went on to win the Lombardi Trophy. Do not get me wrong. I am not saying this current Seahawks team is anywhere near that standard yet. But it has the makings of it. And so when you go into this matchup against a Buccaneers side, which frankly has impressed nobody, um, and you see them as underdogs, that immediately is a red flag to me. Look, I know it's Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. He's won seven Super Bowl rings. He's won playing in London. He's won playing in Mexico. But can he win at the age of 45 playing in Germany? This is going to be his one opportunity. I don't think he's got a great um, supporting cast around him right now. I think even in victory last week, we saw a Buccaneers team that is continuing to struggle and now they go up against a Seahawks team, which is feeling itself. It's confident as a unit on both sides of the ball. They've got young, fresh-faced stars that are enjoying life in the National Football League this, this season. And now they have the opportunity on the big stage, with all eyes watching them, to play in Munich against the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Look, not only do I think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to cover this line of two and a half points, I think they're going to win this game outright. So on Sunday afternoon in Munich, Germany, take the Seattle Seahawks on the money line to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers straight up. Okay, game two takes us to the storied Lambeau Field, the home of the Green Bay Packers. And right at the start of this season, you'd have looked at this Week 10 matchup, Cowboys-Packers-Lambeau Field. You'd have put a big red circle around it because this is one of those highlight games that you want to see. Well, the NFL throws up his fair share of surprises, and this is no different because the big question hanging over this game is just exactly what has happened to Aaron Rodgers and what has happened to the Green Bay Packers. They have lost five straight games now this season, and it doesn't get much worse than what happened last weekend going up against the lowly Detroit Lions who are still struggling to find wins of any sort themselves. They have the worst-ranked scoring defense in the NFL, and the Green Bay Packers could only muster nine points total. Unsurprisingly, that wasn't enough to win the game. They lost to the Detroit Lions, and now this is a head-scratcher. What was a concern is now a full-blown calamity up there in Green Bay. Uh, and you look at what the Packers have been doing on offense of late over the last four games. Listen to these totals that they've put on the board. 10 points, 21 points. 10 points, and then last weekend, nine points. So probably the last person you want to see coming into town is your former world championship winning head coach, Mike McCarthy, 
and his Dallas Cowboys. This will be the first time Mike McCarthy's returned to Lambeau Field since he and the Green Bay Packers passed away, passed away some four years ago. And he's leading a Dallas Cowboys team that have a record of six and two on the season. And f- four of those games were won with, um, sorry, five of those games were, were won with, uh, with Cooper Rush at quarterback, um, who came in in relief of Dak Prescott, who got injured week one. Uh, and now this team is rolling. It's coming off a bye week. It's coming off its best offensive performance of the season. Remember, two weeks ago, they put 49 on the board in a big win over the Chicago Bears. And that's been the question over this team through the first half of this season. What is the offense really like? What, what, what is its identity? Because this is a team that through the first half of the season has been carried by its defense. The Dallas Cowboys hold the third-ranked scoring defense in the NFL this season. They're giving up a click over 16 points a game. You look at their turnover differential as well. That stands at plus six as opposed to the Green Bay Packers, minus seven. And then you've got the fact that this defensive front just finds ways of getting to the quarterback. They've got 33 sacks this season. That leads the National Football League. And the four teams immediately beneath them have all played a game more than the Dallas Cowboys. So you've got this team coming into Lambeau Field, off a bye week. Players like Micah Parsons, that were feeling a bit nicked and banged up. Zeke Elliott have had that extra week to get healthy and recover. They're fresh. They're chomping at the bit. And they know they have to get a W in this game because as impressive as a 6-2 and two record might sound, that is still two games back in their division over the Philadelphia Eagles, a team they do have to play once more on Christmas Eve at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. So they need the result here. Dak Prescott has only played once at Lambeau Field in his career, in his rookie season. On that occasion, he was able to get the better of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and walk away with the W. You have to say they are red-hot favorites to do exactly the same thing again this Sunday afternoon. Um, Not least because the Packers, simply put, cannot score points. They've got doubts over some key players as well. Not least Aaron Jones, their running back, who had to leave the defeat against the Lions last week with an ankle injury. It's worth keeping an eye on what his status is uh, heading into Sunday's game. But the Packers can't score points at the moment. I've just gone through their last four games. 10 points, 21, 10 points, and 9. The line for them is set at 20.5 points for this game. Score 21 points against this Dallas Cowboys defense would be some achievement given that form coming into it. I don't think they do it. So take the under. Take Green Bay Packers to score fewer than 21 points in this game. Graves on Gridiron. And we round off week 10 with an all-NFC East affair on Monday Night Football. The Washington Commanders with a 4-5 and five record heading to the city of brotherly love to take on the team with the last remaining undefeated record at 8-0. That is the Philadelphia Eagles. And you better believe the 72 Dolphins players are looking at this and hoping the Commanders can cause the upset. It will come as no surprise that the Philadelphia Eagles are heavy 5-1 to one on favourites to win this game. Remember, they've already met once this season, way back in week three. And that game, it wasn't even close. The Eagles were 24-0 up at the half, and they basically shut up shop and ran out 24 points to eight winners in that game. Um, you look at what the Eagles have done this season on both sides of the ball as well. Hugely impressive. You know, they, they run the ball well. They've got a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who's able to make plays with his legs. Then he's got the receiving threats as well. Dangerous, deep receiving threats in the likes of second-year wide receiver Devonta Smith, the free, uh, 
the off-season trade acquisition, A.J. Brown, who's been terrorizing opponents through the first half of this season. And then there's Dallas Goddard at that tight end as well. There are options aplenty on the offensive front for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is being aligned very nicely with a defensive front that plays well against the run and defensive backs that have a nose for the ball uh, right now. All that said, though, I am going to emphasize this is a divisional battle. As one-sided as that week three encounter um, was, the Commanders are a different team uh, as well now. They've started running the ball pretty well. Taylor Heineke is playing at quarterback in place of the injured Carson Wentz. And say what you like about Heineke. He's a, a player who somehow finds way to make plays. He keeps his team in games. Um, you don't see many blowouts for the Commanders when Heineke's starting under center. Um, and you look at their last five games as well. They have a 3-2 and two record over the last five games. Not one of those games has been decided by more than five points. That gives you an idea as to the competitive nature of this Washington Commanders team. And as, as much as the Eagles will feel confident on the back of the way they've started this season and that week three win over the Commanders, that's going to still ring true for the Commanders as well. They'll be out to make a point on primetime TV, Monday Night Football, um, against their division rivals. And the one thing I, I keep hearing as well from players who've experienced similar kind of positions to that which the Eagles find themselves in now is the longer the season goes on and the longer you have an unbeaten record, the more difficult all these games become, even against teams who you're expected to, to blow out and it should be easy against. We got a hint of that um, in the game against the Houston Texans uh, 10 days ago for for the Philadelphia Eagles. They ended up winning it by 11, but the, the Houston Texans were competitive in that game. And I think we're going to see the commanders be competitive in this game. The, the line has the Eagles as 11-point favorites. I think for a divisional uh, encounter, that is a huge spread. I don't think the, the commanders can be as bad against the Eagles as they were in week three. I think the weight of expectation and the pressure is gradually beginning to crank up on the Philadelphia Eagles. Make no mistake, I think their unbeaten record remains intact at the end of week 10. I think they win this game, but I think the commanders cover the line. So take the Washington commanders at plus 11 in this game. Okay, so those are the three games we've taken from the Week 10 schedule. Just to recap, first of all, in Munich, Germany on Sunday afternoon, take the Seattle Seahawks to upset the form book. Well, it's not upsetting the form book, is it? On form, they're the better team. For some reason, they're the underdogs coming into this game. Take the Seattle Seahawks to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers outright. Then on Sunday evening up at Lambeau Field, it's the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Green Bay Packers. The Packers have struggled mightily all season long. They can't get anything going on offense. The line for them is set at 20 and a half points for this game. Take the Green Bay Packers to score under 20 and a half points against a strong Cowboys defense. And then in the final game of Week 10, Monday Night Football, the Philadelphia Eagles, heavy favorites against NFC East rivals, the Washington Commanders. They might win it, but take the Washington Commanders to cover the line at plus 11. Remember, first and foremost, this is all about enjoyment of the game. It's meant to be a bit of fun. Treat it as such. If you are interested in reading a little bit more about the breakdowns of all three games we've selected from the Week 10 schedule, you can either hit me up on Twitter at RichardGraves1 or go to the website rdgmedia.uk, click on the Talking Sport app, and you will see this week's blog, Week 10 Overcoming the Odds, all three games broken down there. 
But for now, enjoy the NFL action. Let's hope that the German fans get a great game as well. And remember to uh, sign up to the podcast and download it every week as we talk a bit more football here on Graves on Gridiron. But for now, so long, everybody. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number one.